I'm Amanda, and this is Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. Welcome to today's episode. This one's going to be special. Um, I was so lucky to be able to participate in um, the quilt show that the guild I'm a part of hosts and puts on every year at the end of September. And I volunteered to be a scribe um, for the judging for the quilts. Now, I'd never done this before. I was like terrified of even thinking about submitting a quilt for judging and having this experience really helped me understand what goes into it and the process. And um, I just really wanted to talk about my takeaways. And I've also invited a guest. She is um, our guild vice president. She is also our newsletter chair. She taught yearbook and newspaper at my high school here in Boise for a long, long time. Um, now she's retired and, and quilting and helping the guild. And anyway, so she was in charge of the judging. And so I brought Vicki on so that we can hear from her. She's gone through the process to be certified nationally, but she's she was going through the process to be certified nationally, and now she's going through the process to be certified internationally. So anyway, we're going to hear from Vicki. You're going to hear from me and it's less interview style, more letting her share what she has to share about quilt show judging and what goes into it. And then my takeaways. So strap in, I hope you're excited. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you feel confident that you can submit a quilt into not only your local quilt shows, but send them out to other quilt shows that get judged because, you know, some, some rules dictate when or how long, you know, how old your quilt can be and all that. So if you made a really spectacular quilt and you want to make sure it gets all the attention it deserves, then you can submit it into several quilt shows. So anyway, we'll cover all that through the rest of the episode. So again, buckle up, grab your favorite beverage and let's get into it. Here it is, friends, my shameless plug for Patreon. Have you checked it out lately? When you become a patron on the Not Your Granny's Quilt Show Patreon page, you automatically get a Not Your Granny's Quilt Show logo sticker sent straight to your door. And on top of that, you get early access to the next week's episode. So instead of waiting until Monday morning for the episode to release, you can get it on Sunday morning. So that's patreon.com slash not your granny's quilt show to sign up today to get a sticker and early access to the episodes. Have you grabbed new merch yet? Well, now's the time. Head on over to the pop-up shop to grab your merch today. It's nygqs.printify.me to get all your cool merch. Your not your granny's quilt show swag. So get on over there. I know you want to go check it out. That's N-Y-G-Q-S dot printify, P-R-I-N-T-I-F-Y dot M-E. So I'm Vicki Francis, and I am currently the vice president of the Boise Basin Quilt Guild. And I, this year was the judging coordinator for the Boise Basin Quilt Show at Expo Idaho. Um, I've also been working on a national quilt judging certification the last two years and with the National Association of Quilt Judging Judges organization. However, I'm not affiliated with them anymore. I, I'm now a candidate for an international 
uh, quilt judging certification through the Quilters Guild in, um, in England. Mm. And I'll be starting that program shortly. It's a co cohort group, so I'm waiting for the next cohort group to start. So let me tell you why I got into judging, because <laughs> I think that'll help help people understand why, why I'm spreading this message that judging doesn't have to be so intimidating. So yeah. throughout my whole professional career, which I was a high school uh, teacher, I taught newspaper yearbook photography and graphic design and English for 40 years. <laughs> Go Eagles. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, if there was a certification that presented itself to, to me within my career field, I went for it. And for two reasons. One is I'm a lifelong learner. And the second reason is I want to know what they know. Because mm -hmm. um, a lot of times when we get judged on things, um, for my anxiety level, I found that the more I know about what they're looking for, the more relaxed I am when it comes to that judging time. So, mm -hmm. so and then I also wanted to be a better quilter. Yeah, because, you know, there isn't any um, locally like a master's program in quilting or um, and and um, so I thought, OK, this will give me an opportunity to be, become more educated, find out what they are looking for and go from there. Mm -hmm. So so I started working on the certification. And as a result, I have I've learned a lot in the last two years. So I've attended two um, national NACQJ uh, quilt judging seminars, which those were two to three days of intense instruction, um, not only on what do you look for when you're judging a quilt, going through mock judging um, situations. I've assisted at four different shows, which means that if I wasn't standing there watching a judge do their thing, I was I was in one of the positions that uh, you would have on the judging floor, which would be a scribe, a handler, things like that. And then I've worked as a judge by myself at a show in Portland. Um, there were over 300 quilts and I had six hours. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. By yourself? By myself. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize there were going to be 300 quilts till I got there. Mm. And, um, and, but fortunately that the show was already being hung. Mm -hmm. So, and I was one category behind all the hangers. And so it, it was so much easier that I could just walk around and look at the quilts. And, and then I've done, uh, two, two shows at the fair. And then I've worked as the, I stepped into being the, the, um, the judging chair for our committee that updated all the categories, entry forms and everything this year. And then I was the judging floor coordinator for our show. So, so that's who I am. And I just, you know, I just want to spread the message that the more that I've learned about judging, uh, the less high anxiety, I realized it really needs to be for people. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to encourage people to enter shows because there I think you get really good feedback mm -hmm. um you get your work out there and it's I think you'd be surprised at what kind of um camaraderie you'll start experiencing with people that are seeing your quilts and other people that have entered shows so so that's who I am 
Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I think I hadn't, I was scared of, I was like, I would never, ever enter a quilt. Never me. Like, (laughs) but now that I've sat in because I was scribing for our judging this year, um, I was terrified because I'm like, what if I do it wrong? But it's honestly, I'm like, oh, I can do this all day. And I did. Um, (laughs) But just being in the room and experiencing that was like so unique and it demystified so much of it for me. So I really wanted to bring that to my listeners. And so maybe if you could like go through like what you have, some of the things that you have to learn as a judge that helped you kind of ease your tensions about it maybe, or um, things that like might seem, I don't know, maybe if you know of any like kind of common misconceptions out there that we can debunk for people. Well, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is this was really kind of the push that got me into judging. I was at a workshop and this lady held up this beautiful quilt. It was an angel collaged quilt and it was uh, raw applique and it was just absolutely gorgeous. Well, she had entered it in the fair. This was a couple of years ago. And the comment that she got back from the judge was that she should have turned under all her edges. And I was just like, what? <laughs> and she was so upset and rightly so. Mm-hmm. And, but it was obvious to me that the judge did not understand the technique. Mm-hmm. And it was at the fair. And I encouraged her. I was like, you know, this, whoever the judge was did not, they're not educated about this technique. Mm-hmm. I really encourage you to send it off to some other shows. And she was real hesitant to do that. And I thought, you know, this is not good because it was an incredible quilt. It needed to be seen, seen. Yeah. And, um, and I thought, well, if bad judging or inexperienced judging mm-hmm. can shut somebody down like that, I, I wanted to get involved. And so yeah. I actually started working at the fair and I came up with a new entry form so that it had all the different things that you should look for when you're judging a quilt. Mm-hmm. And then I volunteered, volunteered to do some training with people who were going to work as judges before the fair so that there was some consistency and so that they, so that we had better judges. Mm-hmm. And so um, the first thing that I pulled from that experience was, uh, you know, understand what show you're entering. If you're going to enter into, uh, you know, like, like I said, a fair, now depending what fair it is, uh, some of these fairs are, they really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But if, if it's people that they're trying to just kind of grab and say, hey, can you come be a judge? You don't know what you're going to get. And a lot of times people just do their personal preference. You know, they'll look at a quilt and go, ooh, I don't like browns. And they'll give another quilt a ribbon. Well, so so the first thing to consider is consider the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you get comments back that you don't agree with, then don't agree with that. It's, you know, it's possible that you're right and they're wrong. But um so making sure that you're entering a, a show that, well, actually, I'm going to take a step back. I have to confess that when I started getting into the certification, I had never entered a quilt in a quilt show. Oh. I, I didn't have guts. <laughs> <laughs> 
In fact, I didn't enter a quilt until this year. And that's when I felt confident enough. And, and, uh, so I understand that hesitation, (laughs) believe me. In fact, people would say, well, you want to be a quilt judge and you've never even entered a show. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) but you know, one of the things that I realized when I started working on the certification is that quilt judging is like coaching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the perspective is that when I go in and look, if, if when I judge a quilt, my job is to not only recognize exemplary work, but encourage people to get better. Mm-hmm. And I liken it to a basketball coach. You know, how many basketball coaches out there can actually play good basketball, but they can, um, they study the game. Mm-hmm. They understand the game. They, um, they understand the personalities of the players. And so they can get out and they, and they can coach these really tall guys mm-hmm. or gals and make them better athletes. So that's the perspective that I like, I like to take coming yeah. in as a judge. So anyway, I did enter my first quilt and it ribboned. It's been in two shows. It ribboned at one show and it didn't ribbon, ribbon at the other. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's neither here nor there, but I feel I, I'm actually, I'm actually excited about getting more quilts into shows now, now. So, you know, I, I think what I'd like to do is just go through a couple of things that anybody can look at improving on their quilts that mm-hmm. would help them increase the odds that they would get um, a ribbon. And because some of these things I, I've learned that it was like, man, why didn't somebody tell me that earlier? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> So first of all, um, you know, when a judge approaches your, now this is a, an educated judge, mm-hmm. somebody who, who uh, we're assuming knows what they're doing. So when they approach a quilt, the first thing they're going to be looking at is the impact of the quilt. What is it, you know, what is that visual aesthetic? What is that visual impact that they have? Mm-hmm. And they're going to look at the, the layout, the composition, the color choices, things like that, because that's what we all do. I mean, when you walk up to any kind of artwork, it's, do you have an emotional response to it? Mm-hmm. That's really kind of what art is, right? Um, and so the overall presentation of your quilt is important. There are some things that will distract them that will kind of downplay that visual impact. Because when they start getting closer to the quilt, they're going to notice things like, do you have dog hair on it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have loose threads? Is your binding really wavy? So those kind of things will lessen the impact. It also will be important that, let's say that your quilt is done really well, that the visual impact is wonderful. And so, so is this other quilt. Mm-hmm. And so now they're trying to decide between the two quilts, which one should get the ribbon. So now they're going to get pickier. Now they're going to start looking um, for that workmanship. Mm-hmm. And the workmanship can include, you know, your thread tension, especially your back. If mm-hmm. I flip your quilt over, you, you, you know, I have encountered a couple of quilts that the front was just spectacular. Thread tension looked great, wonderful. Flipped it over on the back and there were thread nests, mm-hmm. you know, thread that's all jumbled up. and. Um, or, I mean, you could see that there was a thread tension issue on the back. 
Well, if these two quilts visually are the same in my mind and I flip one over, one has thread tension issues and the other one doesn't, that helps me decide which quilt's gonna get a ribbon. Um, one of the things I had never heard of before was how full is the binding? And, you know, I, when I first got into judging, I was like, what is the big deal about binding? Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> it's like, well, the binding is the place on the quilt that gets the most wear and tear. Mm -hmm. So as quilters, we want to be making quilts that are going to last a long time. So it's not just visually how well you do your binding, but also is it constructed so that quilt's going to last a while? Mm -hmm. So visually on a binding, you want to be looking for, are your corners a 90 degree corner? Um, they're not rounded. And is your stitching um, done well? And by the way, I when I cut the binding for my quilts, I hate to say this because I know people out there are going to go, oh! <laughs> but I want you, to, want you to know my method uh, I've seen this uh, quite a few times on quilts and no judge has ever uh, downgraded a quilt because of this so mm -hmm. most people cut their binding like two and a quarter two and a half inches I cut mm -hmm. mine three and a half so my quilt binding is not a quarter inch it's a half inch oh and it gives me so much it, it makes it so much easier to put that binding on because I've mm -hmm. got a little bit wider binding. I've got a little more fabric to deal with. Yeah. So um, no matter what size binding you put on, mm -hmm. have you put it on so that the stitching looks proper or looks right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you hand stitch the binding when you flip it. If you want to mach machine stitch it, which that's all I ever do, because <clears throat> it can take me as long to do hand stitching it does as it does to make the quilt top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as the way you apply it is done so that it looks nice, so that your you know things are straight or hidden where they're supposed to be hidden or whatever, mm -hmm. then you're okay. So machine binding front and back in all the shows that I've <clears throat> been to, nobody's ever what they do is they say, yeah, nice machine binding. But the one of the big things, you know, the judges, I'll see them do this a lot, but during the judging, I rarely hear them say anything about it unless it's not done right. And that is that your, your, um, your batting needs to fill the binding. If it's only about halfway into the binding, they're going to catch that. And that's going to be something that that's going to downgrade your quilt. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that your binding is full with batting. And then trying to think of some other things that are just easy things that people can be looking for. Oh, so when a judge approaches your quilt, one of the questions they're going to ask themselves is, what are you trying to do? Mm -hmm. So if I'm confronted with a quilt that I think is a traditional pattern, mm -hmm. I'm going to look for whether or not the points are matching or, you know, are not cut off. Mm -hmm. If I approach a quilt and I think, mm, this looks like something that is more of a modern quilt or an improv quilt, I'm not necessarily, should the points be cut off? Should the points be matching? So that's something to consider is paying attention to your points. If that's really what the quilt was intended to be in the first place. Now, if it's not, 
and the judge doesn't get it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you might get comments that say, oh, your points were cut off. And, you know, and then you just read it and go, hmm, <laughs> yeah. I guess this, they didn't get it. In fact, the quilt that I entered into the two shows, mm-hmm. it was a memory quilt. Mm-hmm. And it had embroidery on it that I cut off of the the ladies' dresses. Mm-hmm. So it was embroidery that was on her denim dresses. And on the second show, they judged it as though I had done the embroidery. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they didn't get it. Mm-mm. Oh, no. <laughs> and I tried to, you know, I tried to indicate that with the entry form and everything. But so basically, you know, making sure that your binding looks good. Mm-hmm. checking for those loose threads oh the, so that with your backing oh here's something to know I thought that you really had to be very careful with how you how how you did your backing in that you know it, there's kind of a trend now that it's okay to just piece your backing especially use up your yeah. you know your fabric whatever and yeah and I thought well I can spend as much time making the backing when I'm piecing it to the front and sometimes your backing is better looking than the front. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've discovered is I haven't seen one judge yet, one certified judge yet that paid any attention to that. I was so surprised by that. They didn't give two shits about the backing. I was like, oh, cause some of them, the backings were what made me go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't, you know, you don't pay attention to that. When you flip that, backing over what they're looking for is the workmanship mm-hmm. your thread tension do you have loose threads you know is there anything funk oh if you have any folds on the back mm-hmm. things like that so which for me helps me relax because I have had to piece some backings and I didn't realize that you know I had it all centered and everything I didn't realize that when I put it on my frame it threw it off totally so whatever I thought was centered is now who knows where it is. They don't, they haven't paid attention to that. Yeah. And so, wow. yeah. So that's, that's one thing to take the stress off. I guess that the one, oh, the comments that you get, it's your one opportunity to have somebody that hopefully anonymously looks at your quilt and gives you feedback. Mm-hmm. And it's just one person's opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, there even if there's two judges, they take turns being the lead judge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they can agree to disagree. And whoever's the lead judge for that quilt is the one who makes the final decision what comment's going to go on your form. Mm-hmm. So it's one, it's one person's opinion. And you just look at the comments and decide what can I use here to help make me a better quilter? Mm-hmm. If the whole thing is just totally wonky, like I said, the, the raw edge applique quilt that she said to flip your edges over, then that's the first clue to you that, whoa, this was not a good show to be in. This was yeah. not a good judging competition. Yeah. Um, and it had nothing to do with you. And then the other thing I'd encourage people to consider is enter multiple shows because you'll mm-hmm. get different opinions. When you do start winning ribbons, it's it's really nice to be able to see you're an award-winning quilter. Mm-hmm. And it, it I, when I got my first ribbon, it just it it it's very satisfying. 
and it was no big it's no big deal in the in the competition world i mean it was at the fair and and when i say that i don't mean i don't mean to demean the fair at all there are fairs out there that are very serious with their judging mm. but it's not paducah you know right, right. it's not QuiltCon. and right. oh and by the way i've looked at some of the judging sheets from these big shows like QuiltCon, and uh These judging sheets, the comments on there were nothing like what we we'd give at our our show. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when I say nothing, I it's not as um, like I've seen some QuiltCon comments where it just said, "Yeah, good binding," and you know, mm-hmm. visual impact is good. And I'm like, well, okay, but you know what I found out? I I uh, one of the quilting seminars I was in. The lady who was in charge of judging for QuiltCon that year, she was yeah. there. Oh, and okay. she said that they actually, a lot of times, they don't hire certified quilt judges. Oh, they'll, interesting. Yeah, it, they'll pick somebody from the quilting world. Mm-hmm. And then they'll have usually, I think, two um, other people that don't have anything to do with quilting, like an hmm. architect or a painter. or Because their, their perspective is, this is art. This is, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's very modern, abstract. And a lot of traditional quilters don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't understand, um, they don't understand what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. So, so the comments that you might see on a quilt con com, uh, sheet might look different than somebody who is used to uh, judging traditional quilts. Yeah. That's good to know. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just, that's good to know. Cause I think, you know, there's like a lot of, at least, you know, what I see on social media is there's just like a lot of energy around the time when people are submitting their quilts, because it's like, it's a big deal to get your quilt into quilt con, but yeah, like not knowing what the judging was like at all, or, you know, it's like, I would never, I had never considered that I would be a person to enter something like the fair, let alone quilt con, you know, it's like, so it's just interesting to know like the different ways that different organizations go about it because like, I felt so lucky and thought, dang, our, our quilt show was so lucky that we get to do, we get to have these nationally certified judges. Cause it, that feels like a big deal. Like it's, you're not just grabbing another quilter off the street and saying, Hey, judge these quilts. We're, we're asking professionals to, to look at our quilts and give feedback. And so anyway, back to what you were going to say. <laughs> well, you know, the one thing to know about the judges with, with the national certification program is um, the ones that I've encountered are women that have extensive experience on their own, mm-hmm. not just quilting, but winning. Uh, a lot of you know they're award-winning quilters and their work is just incredible mm-hmm. and so just the fact that they take the time to pursue this part of the quilting world being a judge is really very cool because that means that's less time they have to do their own work yeah and and they are out there doing this because they want to encourage people to become better quilters mm-hmm. so there's a level of teacher in their heart that you know, a lot of people just don't have or don't want to devote the time. And, 
And also it's expensive to work on certification. I mean, I've spent the two years that I've been working with the national group, I've spent probably about $4,000 just in traveling to the shows. Um, the, uh, the entry fee to be a candidate is, I think it was like $150. So that wasn't too much, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, until you're actually judging, being paid to judge shows, then it's all out of your pocket as expenses. And now the one thing to know is that you don't have to be certified to be a judge. In right. fact, you know, I, like I said, I have done a, a show on my own and there are a lot of people out there that they just advertise that they're a quilt judge and the more experience they have, the better they get. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm able to start uh, judging and being paid for it now. Um, there's something else I was going to say about judges. I'll think about it in just a minute. Okay. I can't remember. Okay. Well, I will interject as a former teacher and you too, the, the level of feedback that these judges were giving, it just, it felt so familiar. And maybe that's why to me, it was so easy to scribe because I could understand the spirit of what they were saying and having had, having given thousands and thousands of feedback comments on student work and student process and progress, it was like, it felt so familiar to me. And so comfort zone, like I was like really in my element and wanted, it made me want to be perfect at it, which is silly because I'm just typing what they say, but it was just like, I wanted to make sure that what exactly what they said got to the quilter because they were really taking the time to be thoughtful in their comments and to give feedback that would give the person something to work on if there was something for them to work on, not just good binding, but you know, your binding was applied well, your stitches were even and invisible or your mitered corners were beautiful. You know, it's like they, they took the time to notice the specifics of what you did well. And maybe like, they'd be like, okay, we've said enough positive things. We need to give them something to work on. It was like, almost, they were focused more on giving so much positive feedback too, which was really great to hear and see. So Anyway, my teacher yeah. heart was like, oh, <laughs> I know it just, it, it, it really does play into, to being a good teacher. Mm -hmm. When I first started teaching photography, I was, you know, I was in my mid twenties and kids would bring up a photograph for me to look at. And, and I was like, oh, you know, this looks good here and this looks good there. And, and I was hesitant to, to say anything negative about the picture. Well, what I found was <laughs> they kept turning in crappy pictures. I mean, yeah. Um, and the big thing was focus. For some reason, teenagers have a hard time, had a hard time focusing cameras. And mm. partly that was because they'd never cleaned their lens. So then <laughs> I, I decided one day, I just need to do a whole lesson on cleaning lenses. And, but what I found was when I, when I looked at the picture and I said, your focus is not correct. And sometimes they'd say, well, I don't see there's a problem. And so I'd show them an in-focus picture and they'd go, oh, whoa. Oh. <laughs> or yeah. if they looked at the in-focus picture and said, I don't see a difference, then I'd say, you need to have your eyes checked. And then they started getting better. Whereas if I didn't point out something that needed to be addressed, they just kept turning in the same level of work. Right. And so 
that's my feeling with with the judging comments is this is giving people an opportunity to know okay here here are some things I can um, look at to get better mm-hmm. and I just remembered the other thing I was going to say so one of the things about being a good quilt judge is being aware of as many trends out there as possible mm-hmm. um, and which is very difficult now because of the internet well you might be following block of the month with Tula Pink or, you know, um, I can't, oh, Angela Walters or, and so uh, there's no way I can keep up with all of that. And so, you know, we have circumstances where a judge will walk up to a quilt and have no idea that this was from a kit from Al- Angela Walters mm-hmm. and just look at it and go, oh my gosh that is so incredibly beautiful well yeah because Angela Walters designed it she Mm -hmm. picked out the fabrics and you just put it together right which workmanship is incredibly important Mm -hmm. but if it's not in a workmanship category they're going to judge Angela Walters thinking it's you right and that's not fair yeah that's that's not right and so number one, you want to be able, you want to be sure to put your quilts in the correct category. Yeah. And if a show doesn't have a workmanship category, then just make sure that on the entry form, you get definitely give credit to that person. But the other thing to remember from this is that, you know, I've seen people in, in the judging room, listen to the judges and realize the judges have no idea this was an Angela Walters quilt Mm -hmm. and they're fawning over it. Oh my God, this is so wonderful. And there'll be people in the room going, "Ah, Mm -hmm. and you know, and sometimes I hear them disparage the judges by saying, wow, they didn't know. Well, of course they didn't know. Yeah. it, It just happened to be one of those things that they, they weren't able to keep up with Mm -hmm. and, you know, give them some grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and look at look at updating your categories or or even when quilts are being submitted to a quilt show you know somebody really needs to go through and make sure that the quilts are in the right categories mm-hmm. and that's the other thing I'd encourage people that are thinking about entering quilts is make sure you pick a good category make yeah. sure you pick the right category and you know don't do the spaghetti against the wall you know throw it up there to see what sticks i'll enter it in large piecing and see how it does um that really it jams up the whole system Mm -hmm. and it's it's if you do it on purpose it's very disrespectful because now every step of the way that that quilt has to go to get to the judging table you're slowing people down and you're confusing people mm-hmm. and so whoever looks at that quilt and a lot of times it's just a photograph that comes in mm-hmm. they'll have to stop and question it they'll, they'll if they if they figure that there's a problem they'll, they'll do research on it and but if it gets to the judging table the judges it everything comes to a screeching halt mm-hmm. because they're like whoa why is it in this category and you know, and there's a discussion about it. And then they have to decide, you know, judges will throw it out. Mm-hmm. And then the guild people in the room have to decide, well, do we put it into another category? Yeah. And, you know, at our show recently, um, the category it could have gone into was already judged. 
Mm. And I made the decision, no, we're not going back and rejudging that category. No. Right. It should have been done right the first time. Yeah, should have been done right the first time. So um, if you're having any questions about what category to put it in, you know, talk to your friends. Um, call the, the quilt judge or the entry person. Uh, there should be a contact person on the form. Mm -hmm. um, and and just be aware that if, if it gets kicked out, then it gets kicked out. So um, now I have seen quilts that got kicked out of a category that they shouldn't have been kicked out. Mm -hmm. And that was one of those situations where the judge just didn't have enough experience in that technique or area or whatever and didn't realize what they were doing. Mm. So, you know, mistakes happen, but if things are done on purpose, it's like, mm, no. Nah. Yeah. Oh, and then one last thing that I wanted to point out was that yeah. if the entries require you to send in a photograph, it's really important to send in a good photograph. Mm -hmm. um, don't send in a black and white photograph. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's a black and white quilt, take a color picture of it because um, color photography enhances your blacks. It makes them prettier. So a nice color photograph. And then, yeah, I'm really following the instructions on the entry form. And I'll tell you, if yeah. you see an entry form that is just really text heavy, that's because that guild is trying to cover all the things that have gone wrong in the past. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, wonky things happen. And then the, the person who's entering the quilt will say, well, it wasn't, you didn't tell me. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, oh. So yeah, just go through that entry form with a fine tooth comb and, um, and then just, you know, enter those quilts, see what happens. Mm -hmm. um, go to the shows where they're being exhibited because it's so wonderful to, to listen to people walk around and talk about the quilts. And I mean, you could stand close to your quilt without people knowing it's your quilt and you can yeah <laughs> you can hear what they're saying and yeah. trying to think if there's is there anything else that I haven't covered that I don't think so oh one thing I did actually want to talk about is the definition of modern because we even talked about it like after the judging was over we had a member who was volunteering ask because she was very confused as to why I think her quilt wasn't considered modern when she was just so sure it was or something along those lines. I don't know the exact details. I was just like, whatever. But, um, and, and I think it's funny because, because I think the general consensus from what I can tell is that like modern is whatever you consider it is, but at the same time, if it's going into a show, then, then you have to meet the guidelines of whatever that, that show defines it as, but like, I guess, I don't know. Like to clarify that is, is tricky, but I guess what it, cause I know, I know our committee, um, redefined that this year or was it this year, um, yeah. for the category. So what was the, I guess, what was the conversation that happened around that and why was it, why did the committee feel like it needed to be redefined? You know, I do, I don't remember what the definite definition was on the form before this year but I know that it was confusing and so the committee decided we needed to update it so what I did or what the committee did was we went to QuiltCon 
mm-hmm. to their website and we took their definition word for word and that's what we put in our modern category and okay. yeah i think it's kind of interesting how people view modern quilting you know the, the circumstance that you're talking about well basically what i've noticed is that there's there seems to be a spectrum between traditional quilting and modern quilting mm-hmm. and so traditional quilting is your you know your very traditional blocks piece specifically in a certain way and everything on the the one the far end of the spectrum and then on the very far end of modern quilting are your really abstract minimalism lots of negative space lots of quilting in those negative spaces and and in between that and the other end there's this gray area in the middle Mm -hmm. and what I see judges struggling with is well what point does it become a modern quilt right and in my mind the minute you doing you start doing any kind of improv Mm -hmm. (laughs) um or you take a traditional block and you kind of explode it or you mm-hmm. make it a little bit wonky or so, then it's a modern quilt. Because to me, that is where you're essentially breaking the rules mm-hmm. of traditional quilting. And so what, I'm, what I've witnessed with some of our judges is that if it's not really, really far down that spectrum it's really abstract and there's ne- lots of negative space. Then they start taking the perspective that, oh, this, this isn't a modern quilt. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're putting wonky blocks in there and there isn't a lot of negative space and stuff of it to me, yeah, that's a modern quilt. Yeah. And so part of what happened from my perspective is, you know, we had some quilts that didn't have lots of negative space and stuff, but they had a real wonkiness to what was being constructed. And I mean, it's pretty obvious, but mm-hmm. they decided that, no, this wasn't a modern quilt. And that was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we also had another quilt that it was actually a quilt that was made. Um, QuiltCon has challenges. Mm-hmm. So this quilt was actually made for that challenge. Yeah. And they thought it was too traditional looking. They look, they, and I was like, no, I mean, yeah. the, if they pulled that out, I was like, no. Yeah. But during the judging process, you know, that's not the time you want to educate the judges. Right. And so the one thing that I recommend to people is the only way, the only time that you can communicate to a judge mm-hmm. is the title of your quilt. And so if you... <laughs> If you think there's going to be any question about whether it's a modern quilt or not, and it's and you did it to follow a challenge or quilt con, I would recommend titling it um, "Quilt Con Challenge." Um, I don't know. Let's call it "Temperature Quilt." Yeah. Series one. Yeah. I mean, that's your title is going to give them some clues. Right. You don't want a real long title, but you, it, I would say put something in there. I mean, put some kind of a word that will clue them in that this is a modern quilt. Yeah. I just thought it was so interesting because it is, I think you're right. There's such a spectrum and there's a lot of modern traditionalism happening in, in quilt design right now. And so it does walk that line and, you know, maybe it's a play on a traditional block or it's a play on a traditional layout, but it's not quite the same but it's still a little traditional. It's like, 
yeah. And, and I think it's funny because in the, I did go back and look at the quilt con, um, definition and one of the, one of the bullet points that they had, you know, the, the characteristics was there was minimalism and then there was maximalism. And I was like, <laughs> which one is it? Is it a lot of negative space or is it absolutely no negative space? Like, which one is it? But I think you're right. If it's on that very far end, if it's like so maximalized quilted out to the extreme, then it's like, okay, but does that, is, is a judge going to see that and go, oh yeah, that's modern. Or are they going to feel that it's more traditional because it's, there isn't a ton of negatives. Like, I think that's the hard part too. Just like you're saying, like the judges can't really be on top of every single trend or every single kit or block of the month thing that's going on out there. It's that concept of modernism. That's like, if they see a maximalist modern quilt, are they going to think, oh, that's more traditional because they're not necessarily thinking of it outside of it's a, you know, a small circle in a sea of white background kind of thing. Like it's so tricky. <laughs> well, and it, it is, I think it is a sign that they need to be keeping up with QuiltCon. You know, I'm, I'm a member of the Modern Quilt Guild the national one because I want it I you know I get emails from them constantly they're different workshops and things like mm -hmm. that you know I was thinking with maximalism you could say a crazy quilt is a modern quilt yeah when you look at some I, I actually have a, a crazy quilt that's over 100 years old and oh wow it's just packed with so much stuff and so it would it would meet the definition of maximalism yeah. and so it's yeah it's the judge's responsibility to try to keep up with things like that. Sure. But sometimes, you know, it, just it doesn't happen because yeah. they're also focusing. I mean, there's so many ways that we can focus. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things I'm going to do is um, I'm going to be meeting with the Nampa Modern Quilt Guild. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I'm i hoping to connect with a couple of different modern quilt guilds in, in the area to to encourage them to enter into our show. Yeah. But at the same time, whoever we hire as judges, I'm going to make a concerted effort to make sure, are you up on what can be, you know, a modern quilt? Are you up on the challenges that the quilt, the modern quilt guild has been sending out there? And cause that's, cause if I'm going to try to bring in more quilts like that, we need to make sure that, you know, those judges understand what they're actually looking at you know it's just it's a matter of um entering a quilt sometimes is like a crapshoot mm -hmm. <laughs> you just don't know what you're going to get but the yeah. bottom line is are you making the quilt for yourself are you enjoying the process mm -hmm. and you know just watching those few things that that i've mentioned like your binding and is it clean of pet hair and stuff and have you clipped off your threads and um did you do a good job on the binding as good a job as you can and and then just send it out into the world and see what happens because you there's you can only control the controllables you know mm -hmm. and then just see what happens yeah so, yeah and you never know who you're even if you don't ribbon or even if you do like you don't know who you're inspiring because if it's oh, yeah. at a show and somebody resonates with what you've made maybe they go and try to make something similar or maybe it encourages them to enter their quilt that they make next because they felt inspired or encouraged by what they saw. And if your quilt contributes to that, I think 
if it's all in service of the quilting community growing and, and people feeling more confident in their skills and in their ability to be in the, in the community, then to me, that's worth it. It's can be, (laughs) the quilt community can be so encouraging and so loving and so welcoming. And on the same side of that coin, it can be so discouraging and so hard to be a part of sometimes. So anything that you can do as a quilter to continue pushing for the positive and for the growth of the community, I think is just, you know, it's going to benefit all of us in the long run. So it's just one of those things. I, when my quilt was hanging at the show, um, another guild member came up to me and she said, my boyfriend and I stood there and looked at your quilt for the longest time. and, And he said, could you do a quilt like that for my mother when she passes? And she said, well, yeah, I could do that. And, and she said, he's never shown any kind of interest like this. And, um, and so she said, thank you. It, It just, it's given us an opportunity to talk about, you know, what are we going to do when she passes? She's, I think she said she was like 95 or 96 and, mm-hmm. and yeah, you never know how you're actually inspiring other people and what, or what joy you're bringing. And, and, you know, there are people that go to these shows and see quilts and go, Oh, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And you can change their life because now they get into something that's very creative and it can be very relaxing meditative. Mm-hmm. I've met so many wonderful people through this whole process and yeah. So it's just putting one foot in front of the other and, you know, see what happens. And so, yeah. yeah. I know I feel encouraged. I know I feel, I, I still consider myself a new, newish quilter, even though, I mean, I have a business and I do it as a quote unquote profession and, uh, I shouldn't discount myself like that. I do it as a profession. It's what I do full time. <laughs> I'm not like a so-called quilter but I think because there's just so many techniques and so much to learn and so much time that you can that can be put into it like seven years feels like nothing when you know you meet people who've literally been quilting for 60 years you're like well I'm gonna go home now see ya you know (laughs) but seeing the quilts that were hung in the show and like being a part of the judging and and just getting to to see it all it was like there was such a range, you know, obviously the best of show was a Judy Niemeyer and it was exquisite and the quilting was bananas and just all these things. It's like, of course it was best in show. It, it had immense visual impact. You saw that thing and went, holy shit. Like, <laughs> I know I did. So <laughs> I know, but, yeah. but then there were other quilts that were more simple in construction and quilting maybe, but they still had just as much impact, like maybe not just as much because they didn't win best in show, but they still had an impact and still, I'm still thinking about those quilts. Like they just pop in my head and I'm like, oh, remember that quilt? Like, and, and it could have just been like a pixelated. So it's just a bunch of squares sewn together, but because it overall, you stand back and go, oh my God, that's a bouquet of flowers. And then you get close and see the quilting and, oh my God, they quilted the flowers on the flowers to make it look like flowers. And then you look at the back and it's like a tulip pink print. And you're like, I'm, I'm out. I gotta go. I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, it's just, it's not a hard quilt. And I think that's it is people think they have to do these like crazy intricate pieced, you know, Oh, I, this quilt has 5,000 pieces in it. You don't have to, you don't have to, there's so many levels and so many, such a huge range of abilities and styles that, that go in and, and some are in the same category. And, but then there's a lot of categories to make space for, for all different types of quilts. And so like, you're not going to necessarily be judged against a quilt that, that is so different from yours because it's not in the same category. So you don't even have to like, think about it kind of thing. Like, so knowing the category that your quilt can go into, and that's where I was kind of like, we need to figure out modern because modern means different to so many people. But if you just look at the definition that your the quilt show provides and try to the best of your ability to stick to that category and just do like the basic skills, I think is what I pulled away, like making sure that your stitch length is small enough so that your stitches aren't popping through your piecing, um, on the front, the quilt top, you know, so they can't see the stitches in, in the seams and same thing with your binding. Is it applied straight is, are your hand stitch, you know, if you hand stitch it, like, are they spaced evenly? Are they invisible? If you machine sew it, did you keep good tension across it? Did you sew it on straight? You know, it's just a lot of focusing on those basic skills. It's like, and I think it goes back to that basketball analogy really well of like some of the best teams, they focus so heavily on basic skills. They're not out there doing all these fancy trick shots day one of practice. They're out there dribbling. They're out there passing. Like they're doing the very basics because if you don't have those down, if those aren't the things you're focusing on, the rest of the stuff can't come. And it's the same thing with quilting. If you're not focusing on those basic skills or, or honing them, then yeah, maybe entering a quilt show isn't for you if you're not willing to, to up your game. But if you can go back to the basics and go, okay, I know how to do a quarter inch seam allowance. I know how to trim my threads. I know how to, you know, adjust my thread colors according to the fabrics I'm sewing with. And so I don't know. Did that seem scarier? I don't know, but I just think, yeah, that, that go back to the basics and, and live there because that's, what's going to, I think, ultimately bring success. Well, another thing I would add to that is don't be afraid to take classes or watch webinars or YouTube videos or stuff or anything like that. And something that you think, well, I may never do that, but become aware of it. And you know, I, <laughs> I've been like that since day one. I, my first couple of years of teaching, I was working at an alternative high school and that, that we only had a hundred kids and there were like five or six faculty members. And this was back in 1980. <laughs> and, and this was before computers. And so one day at a faculty meeting that the principal said, you know, the school district has decided every school is going to get one of these new computer things. It was an Apple two, an Apple II. <laughs> and she said, they're, they're offering to send one faculty member to a workshop to learn how to work this thing. And I'm not interested. Mm. Any of you want to go? And there were six of us at the table and I went, oh, I'll go. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I learned how to use an Apple II computer 
using the very first word processing program, which was called Apple Pie Writer. I think it was called, that's what it was called, where you actually had to program it when you wanted to put a return in, you had to put a little code in. Yeah. And so I, I got so excited about this that I ended up getting a master's in computer education. And along the way, during my whole teaching career, anytime something came up that I went, oh, that sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. I would take that class or that workshop, whatever. And so many times I think, I don't know why I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. I have no idea why I'm, why am I taking this workshop and whatever? Mm -hmm. And it all at some point would come together. Yeah. And I'd end up with a certification or credits that um, helped get my pay in increase up or, mm -hmm. or it helped me get a job that, you know, five years before then I didn't even exist. Right. Right. So with the quilting, when the pandemic hit and I retired from teaching, man, I, and everybody went online. Yeah. I started taking classes, watching YouTube videos. And I would say, I mean, <laughs> Why am I taking this? I'm probably never going to use this technique. Right. Well, when I decided to become a judge, I realized, oh, I've been getting ready to be a judge. Yeah. So I may not be able to do reverse applique or whatever, but I know how it's supposed to be done. Right. And like I said, with my improv on my memory quilt, mm -hmm. um, I haven't done these big improv quilts, but when it came time to do this memory quilt, I was like, oh, I know how to do that. Yeah. So you know, I was able to apply that skill. Yeah. So, yeah. The basics are really important and just anything that interests you explore it and mm -hmm. don't say, Oh, I have to, you know, I can't tell you how many little projects I started with those classes and stuff that have never got finished. Right. But it doesn't matter because I learned the skill and I also know where to get the information from. That's right. the other thing. If I ever need to do that technique or whatever and by the way, I'm going to put a plug in for uh, Philippa Naylor. Mm -hmm. and she has a website called Quilters Question Time. Mm. And she is based in um, England. Okay. She is a character. <laughs> you know, it's fun to tune into her classes just to see what she's wearing and what color lipstick she's wearing. But <laughs> she is a big time award-winning quilt make quilter. And her classes are incredible and they're not very expensive. I think each class is like $30 or you can buy, you know, a package, mm -hmm. but she goes through the basics in a way that I get it. My yeah. binding is so, is probably 80% better because of her binding class. Really? Uh, and she's the one that I learned do it three and a half inches instead okay. of the smaller binding. Yeah. Her, the way her camera angles and everything are such that, I mean, you see exactly what she's doing and the way she explains it. Um, so I highly recommend anybody that's trying to improve their basic skills, filters mm -hmm. question time. Okay. Philippa Naylor is the way to go. Yeah. Those basic skills are so important, but also, yeah, learning new skills. And there's so much, the internet is a magical place and there's so much out there. And because of COVID, I think like people started pushing out more tutorials and ideas and making videos and making the the stuff more accessible. So you don't always necessarily have to pay for a class if it's not within your budget to do so. But like you said, there's, there's ways to find affordable things out there to help you hone those basic skills. And well, you know, like just one other thing I thought of what's really cool about taking, well, the YouTube videos I keep talking about with Alex, she, she's mm -hmm. doing it again now. 
and they're free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just so much out there for people to access mm-hmm. that can help you. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's just a matter of finding the time. Mm-hmm. But it's you, know, you just keep plugging along, and you'll you'll just keep improving. And yeah. in fact, I've learned to be careful. Sometimes I when I start a project, and then I put it away because uh-huh. I get tired of it, whatever. Yeah, my skills will improve to the point where I look at it and go. I'm, I'm not sure if I can fake being that bad. To <laughs> right. But anyways, this quilt's going to be really crappy on one side and really good on the next side. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And I yeah. tell my clients um, when I'm making a quilt for them or, you know, I, I, um, I finished vintage quilt tops. I'll mm. you know, repair them and then quilt them. And I'll say, I can't tell you exactly when I'll be done. And that's actually okay because many times I'll put it away and then I'll learn something new mm-hmm. and then turn around and be able to fix something on it or do make it even better than I would have in the first place yeah so yeah yeah it's uh it's an interesting situation yeah so well I appreciate you sharing with us and being willing to chat about this because I think I was just feeling so inspired like during the whole process of judging and I was like furiously taking notes on my lunch breaks and like (laughs) wanting to really like talk about this on the show because I think it's time to like level up. And so I'm looking for ways that I can move my quilting game forward and, and entering a show feels like one of those things. And so now I'm definitely feeling way less scared about it. Like I think seeing the process really helped me, but also just being able to talk about it. And like, I think really what started demystifying it for me was when at one of our guild meetings earlier this year you you showed us the form that you created for the fair and some of us brought quilts I brought a couple of mine and I knew there was a whole bunch of stuff wrong with them because they were some of my earliest quilts but it's still the experience of like getting like I said getting your quilt up there inspiring people contributing to the community contributing to your local quilt shows or even you know regional you send it around go get it shown and and you know you never know who you're going to inspire and yeah it can just be something that pushes you to like that next level in your quilting game so and something may may happen that it's you that gets inspired exactly you never know what's how the serendipity will play into it yep you just never know yep get them out there yeah yeah I got so much out of just watching the judging that I just felt like people needed to hear more about it. And I know other podcasts have kind of gone over it, but I just don't think there's any issues or any problems with like reiterating that kind of information. So people can kind of hear it over and over again. Cause it's almost like that thing where it's like, if you, it keeps popping up and you keep hearing it in different ways from different people, but it's like overall the same message, then that's almost where people go, okay, finally, I'm going to finally do it, you know? So just to like add to that, the voices that are out there already saying like, yeah, just do it, you know? Thank you so for anything. interrupting your taxes for me. And <laughs> anytime. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll chat again soon. And I'm excited. You too. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. So here I am to give you my two cents now that we've talked to Vicki. Um, I think really the things I just wanted to reiterate were um, just the 
I guess the non-scary nature of all, of all of it, I cannot, I understand like the idea of putting your quilt in a quilt show to be judged is like, can be nerve wracking for some people. And maybe you don't handle judgment well, but, um, I think just like what Vicki was saying and what I witnessed and experienced was that any comments that the judges give they're coming from a place of encouragement and wanting the quilter to be able to level up and, and take their quilting next level. So I think just that idea of just back to the basics is your piecing done. Well, are your seams accurate? Are your points lined up, um, and not cut off? Cause that was, a that was something that was like, you know, a quilt might've been stunning but then once they were starting to to you know look between the the ones that they held back for further assessment to decide which ones were going to get first second third place or whatever um that's when they started to go nitty-gritty that's when they went you know what this one has a lot of points cut off so it's going to go third place versus first place and so or you know second place versus first place it 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 really was coming down to that. So the only time, and, and by then when they're at that point, the comments are already given. So they, they judge the quilt based on its category against the other quilts in its category for ribboning. But when they're looking at a quilt before they're deciding what ribbons go where, they're just looking at your quilt against the category description. And they're really looking for those key things. Is your binding full? Are your, are your sides straight? Um, does it lay flat kind of thing? Um, yeah. Are, are your threads trimmed? Is your tension right? And is your piecing good? And, you know, they'll look at the quilting like, oh, they did an edge to edge. That looks really lovely. It balances, you know, the visual of the the piece pattern and you know whatever I'm just trying to think of <laughs> comments that I remember them saying but and just like Vicky was saying it's you if you don't agree you don't have to agree this is just two people on the entire planet yes they're certified yes they're professionals at it in this case not in all cases just like we heard but there is potential for you to go, you know what? I, they didn't just like Vicky said, they didn't, the, the judges didn't get it. They didn't understand what I was trying to do. And that's a bummer, but it doesn't mean that your quilt is bad all of a sudden or that it loses its value in any way. It's just someone's opinion at that time. And just like Vicky was saying, if you enter it into another show, who knows, maybe, you know, you'll get a ribbon if you didn't ribbon in the first one you entered. And maybe because it's being compared to other quilts that maybe aren't quite as good as yours. And so it's circumstance, but it's also, I think, so inspiring just to see so many quilts come through that people feel proud of. And to me, as, as a quilter in those rooms, listening to the judging and seeing the quilts being hung and watching the ribbons get pinned on, there was just like this overwhelming feeling of gratitude of like, holy cow, I can't believe it got to be a part of this 
this process, but also to see the joy on people's faces when they realize they, or, you know, when they found out that they won an award or getting to show their family and friends, like, come look at my quilt and look at the ribbons I got. And just that excitement that, you know, they're being recognized for their hard work because we all know, we all know quilting is hard work. And although it can be therapeutic, it can be very Zen. It can be very peaceful for it to be that way. You have to have worked really hard on your skills so that you can have that peace with it. (laughs) So, you know, having it judged or being displayed in a quilt show is giving yourself a pat on the back. Like, yeah, I worked really hard on this and I think it should be recognized. And even if it doesn't ribbon, it still gets hung up with everybody else. And it gets shown just like every other quilt in that quilt show. Like I said, walking around, like listening to the comments people were saying about quilts, the quilts that were hanging and whether they were award winners or not, people had nothing but fantastic things to say. And maybe they might be like, oh, I wouldn't have picked that color choice, but it looks really cool altogether. Like, or I never would have thought to put those colors together or holy cow, I've never seen a quilt like that. I can't believe somebody thought to make that. And so it was just like really encouraging to me to hear all that. And you know me, I love the quilt community. That's why I do this. That's why I talk to people as much as possible, because I think there's so much room for growth and there's so much room for everyone to experience it how they want. And, you know, this isn't me saying you really should enter a quilt show. I think if it's just not something you see yourself doing, then don't worry about it. You know, it's not like you have to, but like I said, I just felt really encouraged by it. And I just really wanted to bring this to you guys in case you were on the fence or maybe, you know, you were kind of like feeling the urge to do it, but then maybe you let your inner critic talk you out of it. But I'm here to tell you, talk yourself into it. I'm going to do it. I think (laughs) I really want to, if I can have a quilt together in the time, in time to be able to submit it, then, um, then I will. So, but I'm not going to force myself to start a quilt just to enter one because we know me, I make commitments and then I don't hold to them because I overwhelm myself with projects. And then I lay on my couch like a potato because I don't know what else to do with my body. So anyway, um, (laughs) I hope this leaves you feeling encouraged and I hope this leaves you feeling like you can do something hard because you can, I mean, you're a quilter for God's sake. So get out there, go see some quilt shows. If you've never been to one, try to find one local or find one that's like a couple hours away from you. If you can just go see them. I think, I think experiencing them is important, you know, before I even was in the guild or part of helping with any of it behind the scenes stuff. I went to some quilt shows and was just always in awe at the spectacular show of quilts and the you know, just love that feeling of looking at beautiful works of art. And it just encourages me to keep quilting. So I hope if nothing else, it just inspires you to make something fun or something you've never tried before, whether you enter it in a show or not. And yeah, thank you so much for being here with me today. I really love you guys. And I hope that you are having a lovely autumn this far and happy Halloween tomorrow. I love you and I'll see you guys next week. Bye.